This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Listen, it's time to jump on into it with your pals, Nat and Jess, and catch up on all things women's health and fitness. Hello, Babes listeners. Welcome to another episode of... Babes listen. <laughs> well done. That was quick. I, know. I wasn't real sure what I was going to say, um, but I'm I'm very excited to not be the only blonde in the room today. That's what I am excited about. Wow, cliffhanger. <gasps> Who's the other blonde? Welcome, Neve. <laughs> thank you. Thank How you. are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> so this is a great time to announce that we have the lovely Neve joining us today, who has a very interesting job. And background and everything. Yeah, so interesting we'll, person. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll chat a lot more about that, and uh, I think this is going to be a very interesting podcast. So, the job situation is this is a test for me: a pelvic health physio. It's not that hard to say. That really, correct. not that hard to remember. Is that, do you know? What? I think I'm just exhausted from oh, studying. Honestly, yeah, I can't like, remember anything. First of all, how's your week been? Been good. Yeah. Yes. Busy. Busy with work. Fast, fast, fast. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, life just goes by. Do you know what? There were these um, two instructors that went to Italy for a month, right? And they were back this morning. And mm. I was like, has it been a month? I'm sure you left last week. And they're like, it's been a month. <laughs> it's got real quick. How's your week been? Well, uh, honestly, just a blur of, I think, studying. <laughs> That's pretty much like bo- boring psychology. Yeah, I'm finishing off the degree I started 21 years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It is amazing. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Get, we'll get there finally. Wow. Had yeah. one exam yesterday. I did, yes. And so um, what I will say, though, the difference between studying when I was 20 versus um, 41 is that I, their ability to just learn stuff by reading it a couple of times and then um, seeing a prompt of it in the exam and it coming out it just uh, the, there's a disconnect now. I think it's just years of having to remember too many things, mm. or it's, sleep deprivation, raising children. Yeah, that yeah, could be. that too. That you did it. say mum brain was a thing for you, and you feel like it's still there. Baby brain, sorry, uh, baby brain. You know, like baby brain <laughs> yeah. when you get pregnant. I don't remember baby brain ever leaving. No, and my really? youngest is fifteen. Is that same for you. Yeah, and then you hit that. We talked a little bit earlier about perimenopause or, you know, you're in your 40s and you're like, oh, is that part of the start of menopause or is it just that I'm really busy, mum? It's hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, yes, it's it's that kind of stage. So, Neve, you've got two children yep. and um, you mentioned that they are eight and ten, which is such a cute age. Yeah. And you agreed with me completely yeah, on it. That's what we're saying. <laughs> it is a cute age. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes. um, and so you are working in Christchurch, but this is not where you grew up. No, from Dublin yes. originally. So I've been in New Zealand for 20 years now, um, nearly 20 years. And I, um, I studied in the UK for um, five years doing physiotherapy from 
and I did exercise physiology and I actually was a fitness instructor. That's so cool. Tell us what you taught. Oh, step aerobics. Do you remember that? Like oh, that's well, got it. I'm it's like 44. Body step, body oh, step my gosh. Um, in Les Mills. And now is it functional step? Is that what it's called now? It's got a new name. Why? I'm asking you, Jesus. No <laughs> one great fitness manager you. anymore. Okay, you don't have to know. It's not a quiz. Um, but I yeah, it's text. still it's still going strong. Yeah, that yeah. was a hard, hard class. Spin yeah. was my favorite thing to teach because yeah, yeah, you get, it was just easy and you didn't have to be very coordinated. So um, and then I went on to do physiotherapy and um, did my postgrad in sports medicine in Otago when I came to move to New Zealand, and now I do women's health which is so cool. very um, different, but similar. We're a little bit um, unique in that it's a, an ever-growing industry in physiotherapy. It's only kind of becoming something that people did in the last 10 years or so. Okay. Yeah, so there's people in their 50s and 60s and 70s that I find don't even know that my profession exists, which is so really? interesting when you have a room full of women of different ages and stages. We're in this unique phase that so many women didn't have those opportunities Aww. when they gave birth in the, like yeah. your mums or in those ages of 60s, 70s, they didn't even know what a woman's health physio was because it wasn't around when they were having children. And now mm. their children, you know, this is going to be slowly um, becoming just the norm of what people do after they have babies. So, so yeah, tell us what, um, how you help your patients? What kind of specialities do you go into? So for a women's health physio, or we call ourselves pelvic health physios because some um, physios treat men as well. Um, right. And in my practice, I treat anybody with any issue around their pelvis. So that can be from 18 all the way up to 85, 90 with like stress incontinence, which can be urine, fecal incontinence, painful sex, endometriosis, um, vulvovaginal conditions such as like vulvodynia or vaginismus which um, is quite common is and it? because yes. I've never heard of it so I'm very oh. curious to know what that even is yeah what is oh, that? What so is it's that? like um, like a really high tone pelvic floor and you get spasm in your pelvic floor and oh. you get pain with things like sex or yeah and a vulvovaginal disease is more um, like lichen sclerosis and lots of different type of conditions you can get around the vulva that cause pain and irritation becoming much more common than what we mm. um, think. Yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Snap. Why is that? Um, <laughs> we're on the edge of our thing. I don't. Uh, yeah. That's well, so interesting. I don't know whether we're just becoming more aware of these things or right. there's just so much more um, issues and conditions and autoimmune. We talk about the microbiome and um, mm. the incidence of microbiome, which is like your gut bacteria in mm -hmm. relation to things like endometriosis and your gut microbiome and you girls will know so much more about this because of your industry but your gut microbiome is so influential in what happens to your vaginal pH mm. which is like your acidity and uh, the pH of your vagina and what um, how that affects your symptoms such as like irritation or redness or the clothes that you wear mm. so and we'll, um, we can talk about this but we always yeah, say like don't worry sweetie gym clothes all day yeah like women are wearing like a lot of compressed um um, fibres or what you're putting on your skin, how you wash your vagina, how you, all of those things are things that we have to like educate people about because those things have changed quite a lot. So you're saying if um, 
I, I know what you mean with don't we you'll because um, obviously we're in this industry yeah. where you might have a class and then have clients after yeah. and then it's I hate being in sweaty clothes and sometimes mm. you don't get a choice but like today for example I had time to get changed yeah. so I didn't shower sorry but I got changed quickly yeah um, so are you saying what changes if you don't if you were to sit in your sweaty clothes for too long it can just be um, like there's no specific research at the moment but okay. the people when we see people who've developed some conditions, it's either internally or their nervous system is heightened and then they start getting irritation, redness. Yeah. And for when you have, if you're more, if you're predisposed to that kind of condition, then definitely sweaty clothes, tight garments, they'll say mm. will actually cause them a lot of pain. Um, wow. And it's really hard to calm that down. So we would say don't, mm. yeah, don't, don't wear sweaty clothes for long periods of time. Yeah. Um, make sure that you're not putting chemicals onto your vagina and you're not, we call it, in America, they call it like douching. Have you heard that yeah. word? Yeah. yeah. Douching. No, no. Douching. Oh, douching. Like, like yes, some, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. you know, you shouldn't actually be scrubbing your genitals with anything. Just water and your hand is all that people need to actually wash so that So when area. you say chemicals, do you mean like, say, body wash? Yeah, like body wash yeah. or even the things that say that they're vaginal Really? Yeah. Like the sensitive stuff? Really? Yeah. Don't use that? Well, I just, use that. <laughs> I just say... Just like the like, stuff that's that's meant to be... Yeah. Um, I would just say, just for, look at what's in it. Yeah. yeah. I won't know what it means. I'll send it to you. Like, um, <laughs> Screenshot. There's <laughs> lots of chemicals. Yeah, there's lots of chemicals. Interesting. In the, so you're in, saying just water? Yeah, just water. Yeah. See, these are the tips that you won't Hold on. hear anywhere else. How are they going to make money? If it's just water. I know. Oh, but we don't know they, so we don't care. <laughs> we want what's best for the woman. That's what we're yeah. here for. <laughs> yeah, this is it. See, this is stuff that I think is so interesting because you won't, you wouldn't get to learn about this stuff unless mm. someone was to come to see you with a problem. Yeah. So we're trying to, to minimize the problems. Yeah. Yes, and also, you know, how common is it that someone has been suffering with symptoms for a long time before they come to see you? Because yeah. what's normal and what's not normal? Exactly, mm. yeah. Yeah. And well, also, it's not the most easiest thing to go to your doctor about and say, yeah. oh, I've got, um, you know, redness, irritation, dryness. Like, it's 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 normal mm. if you're menopausal for mom because we talk about women get vaginal dryness and mm. we get lots of issues in our 50s and there is products that you need to use for that phase of your life and um, you talk to your doctor and it's and what for young people mm. it's very much yeah, not talked about. Yeah, mm. about speaking of products <laughs> just while we're there um neve actually so if you've been to our uh, what are we calling oh. it workshop what is it called again it's move <laughs> yeah sorry yes but like it's a it was a it was a workshop uh, it? it was i mean it was life changing it was the best it thing was. ever okay. <laughs> if you came if you came to babe's move and you got a goodie bag i mean you would have because everybody got one Neve actually um, provided a new product to us. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so that is our new balm. It's called, it's an oil-based lubricant, which is also can be used as a vaginal moisturizer. It's There's got no chemicals in it. And originally myself and um, the gynecologist that I work with, I thought, why why can't we just make something from New Zealand? It's got mm. Kanuka beeswax and olive oil in it that um, can help all of these women that we're seeing from young people with painful sex 
for reasons like endometriosis or um, the vaginismus, which is like high tone pelvic floor. In fact, a lot of people who exercise a lot would have what we say is a high tone pelvic floor. So they don't necessarily need to use um, pelvic floor training, but they might sometimes need to do down training. We can talk a little bit about that. Really? That's really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and so the oil-based lubricant is something that we've brought onto the market this year that we're super um proud of because um, we want to be able to almost use the product to like share some knowledge about yeah. looking after your vulva, the changes that can happen, what it can be used for. And also most lubricants are designed for penises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's noticed that. Designed for I penises. That was the end. only option. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sticky and full of chemicals and yeah aren't really designed for a vulva. So we want we want to have a lubricant that's designed for the vulval tissues that feels much nicer on the vulva tissue. And then if people want to have intercourse, we call it outer course intercourse, then it's also safe to use for that. It's not to be used with condoms, however. Okay. Yeah, no, Good at to the moment that. it's not been tested yet. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with the mm. recipe? A <laughs> 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 lot of research. Um, and we used a, a manufacturing company in um, Christchurch, actually, that does a lot oh, of cool. cosmetics. And they helped us get the perfect consistency. And that's probably from our clinical experience. And yeah. um, women's health physios and pelvic health physios will know a lot about lubricants. And there are some other ones on the market that we have been using. And so it's probably trying to take the best of the best and then but making right. it better. Like we're like, cool. we want this bit. So how long did that take to to to, to come up with the best well, yeah, um, with the best consistency and recipe and everything. About a year. Like, about a year. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a good yeah. amount of time. Because yeah. I remember looking at the ingredients and being like, beeswax? Olive oil? What? What is this? But so cool because it's all natural products. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and all made in New Zealand Um, and not processed because we wanted to make sure it's just the product and to have as little um, effect on tissue as possible, Mm. Um, but also have a little bit of moisturising effect. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, we're pretty... Um, excited to be able to bring it to the market and see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were lucky because we, you gave us those samples before you um, had launched yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Did, yeah. So, Babs yeah. Move um, Gals, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. And feedback, feedback, yeah, negative, yeah. negative, positive. Any feedback is really um, welcome because, um, you know, there's in the first few years of anything, we're always trying to um, make sure that we're hitting the mark where we think we are, but also yeah. um, we can make changes if we need to cool. um, as we go on to the next stage. We'll pull that out too. The other thing about lubricants is, now that, you know, this is like my physio's favourite things to talk about. Is it? Well. Women's health physios love talking about okay, lubricants. Yeah. Good really? to know. I'll know what to pull out. It's in honey. <laughs> because it's like not talked about and it's almost like this taboo about... People think there's something wrong with you if you go and buy lubricant. Mm. But there's well, yeah, they're not. trying to hide like, it, right? Why, like, like, the trolley. <laughs> like, why, why couldn't we live in a society that yeah. boys already have the oil-based lubricant when they go out with their partner? Or, mm. you know, why is it always, like, either made for f- males or why would not females not already have their own lubricant? Like, just doesn't yeah. have to be anything wrong with us, but why would we not want to use a moisturiser? Because sometimes you might have been on your spin bike for three hours or <laughs> your vagina yeah. might be a little bit sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we make it more normal that that would just be something that you could have 
that's not um, a taboo subject. Yeah. So that was one thing. And the other thing is that um, a lot of women, as they, um, if you've had certain type of cancers or you're menopausal, postmenopausal, you might not be able to use things like oestrogen cream or other medicated oh, right. um or the medications that you get um, in that phase of your life, which is atrophy, which is a dryness and um, lack of elasticity, lack of lubrication. So having a product like that is just kind of more for those type of people as well. Right. Yeah. So cool. So interesting. I think just the subject sex is taboo, you know, like mm. we don't, people don't talk about it. Yeah. So I think it's cool that yeah. you've just got this whole product about that <laughs> such a for good, women. It's such a good talking point as well, mm. like you said, just to normalise that conversation yeah. as well. Um, on the on the topic of sex, how like for someone who's experiencing painful sex, how long does it usually take that person to realise that that's um, not normal and then kind of seek help like at what point are people coming to see you about it um i think i see a lot of people with endometriosis so i think that often as a teenager they've come through years of having really painful periods and struggling with perhaps for for a female again this is another issue that i have that you know often girls don't touch their genitals until they try and put a tampon up there and that's like the first thing mm-hmm. whereas you've got two boys so mm-hmm. boys just grow up like touching their genitals all the time and it's yeah. just quite a normal yeah, thing and it's really not do. and <laughs> yeah. whereas I feel like society mm. would tell girls stop touching yourself mm. if we mm. walked around all day <laughs> touching or fixing our bits mm. all day like we just don't do that as females mm. and so I think we need to encourage girls to really know what they're bodies are like in from a young age mm. as opposed to you know when they get their period and then they're in pain and then you give them a tampon and say oh put that up there so mm. it's already yeah, it not like a very <laughs> like a nice um, situation or um, to know about their vulvas and nobody often they haven't even looked at what their anatomy is for and often I don't know about you but I grew up in Ireland and I didn't even know like what a vagina or a vulva was like nobody even told me what was well, in there even... what the holes are for how many yeah. holes you have yeah, yeah, yeah. We, d- I, we didn't learn any of that in my when I was growing up didn't have sex education not in Ireland no yeah did I mean, you have sex education I think we had like one <laughs> session or something yeah. like it was I went to a Catholic school though so oh, it was yeah. like um, they didn't talk about um, like abortions and <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's the truth. Don't though. get pregnant. Yeah. It was yeah. basically like, don't do it. Otherwise, until you're married. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. yeah. Um, but did you have sex education? <laughs> Why, are so. Why are you awkward? Why are you awkward? Because my memory is terrible. And now oh. I'm like, did I even? Yeah, I like I honestly really don't remember. think. I don't think it's talked enough no. about, like you say. And also, not just the, but about the sexual health side of it yeah. so about their bodies and learning about their own bodies and, and giving them the confidence to be yeah. able to know what's normal for them before yeah. they even get their period or you know in mm. that in those teenage years for mm. girls especially but um for so when a girl has then that will be off go back to the what you asked me at the start when they start having pain with putting a tampon in that can be a trigger that they might have pain when they start having um, intercourse when they get older and um, 
when you have endometriosis or any kind of a pelvic health condition or um, it can really make your pelvic floor very, very vulnerable and become what we call hypertonic or high tone. So you can have mm. a really tight pelvic floor, mm. um, which is important to um, then be able to learn how to relax that pelvic floor. So your pelvic floor shouldn't be... It's By the way, your pelvic floor is just a group of muscles that sits around your pelvic organs and supports your bladder and your bowel and your uterus and helps the entry and exit of your wheeze and poos. Okay, so it's important that you're able to hold on, but it also is really important that it, re it relaxes as mm. well. Um, so any of the research is tends to be on crossfitters. Like we just don't have enough research on women. There's like mm. a lack of research on women in general compared mm. to males and exercise physiology. So there's a lack of research. Um, but we do know that um, a lot of women who haven't had babies like leak urine and feces and have issues with high tongue pelvic floor. So um, it's a really important thing to, I think, to also tell women that you don't have to be, have just had a baby or yeah, to have endometriosis yeah. to have issues around the area. Like everyone should know their body, know how they move, just like they do with their hips and their knees and the, when you're doing your exercise classes. Um, but also not everybody has to do pelvic floor exercises. Like it, everyone's unique in how their pelvic mm, floor functions. That's interesting because I, because mm. that's what I'm wondering is this, um, uh, you know, Pilates has got a lot of attention and mm. pelvic floor and the importance of that. Um, I did know someone in Dublin, though, that had the issue of being too toned oh, yeah. and needing to relax. And um, so, but I didn't know how common that was. Yeah, it's very common. Yeah. So everyone's so different. So different. And, and, and what you do with the rest of your body, the other reason I wonder is we're becoming very, you know, well, anxious or there's lots of things like anything like to do with anxiety or can make your tone much more heightened. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you have got another medical condition or if you do just suffer with other issues or anxiety or any mental health issues that can really make everything really tight around the area or certain medications can affect it as well. Um, or if you're doing too many too much of one particular exercise. So okay. I don't know how you guys feel about but you know, doing, say, your HIIT training every day. Like, would you do <laughs> high intensity every single day? Oh, or, yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, Nat's like, really passionate about this subject. Because <laughs> why, what, what, is our, is, aren't our bodies designed to do, like, strength, like your strength mm -hmm. training a certain amount of times and then your cardiovascular training, but also your lengthening and your mobility and your function, like mm -hmm. how to balance our bodies and if you're doing seven days of the same thing every day, a lot, in my experience, <laughs> a lot of those people have very high tone pelvic floors. Oh, yeah, yeah, I bet they do. I mean, yeah. I don't see that side of it, but I see the, I guess, the injury side of it oh, yeah. and the just the body being in constant mm. stress because you're just constantly putting it under stress and not resting. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. we, Jess and I in our seminars, and we've done like I think an episode on it, um, a long time ago, we've mm. talked extensively about overtraining and overdoing just hit, especially yeah. because high intensity training was so popular. Well, it became such a um, a okay. cool new way to work out, especially with gyms mm -hmm. having their whole methodology around high intensity, like full gyms that just do high intensity classes. Yeah. So people would be like, "Oh, sweet!" So 
that tells me that it's 30 minutes, I'm in and out fast, mm. and I'm sweating lots, and I'm burning lots of calories, so it must be good. Mm. But then they do it, like you say, five, seven days a week. So, yeah, and they overdo it. Yeah, and, mm. I, and I can only imagine what their pelvic floor would be like. Yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. So then what would you, so do you tell them, you need to <laughs> have um, more variety and more rest days? And Yeah, I think that's, I just try and say, can you implement certain things that are going to help with your, you know, your diaphragm, which is, relates to your pelvic floor I'm going to use my hands because you know I'm a physio yeah. but um, you know your diaphragm's up here and your pelvic floor is down here so they need to move dynamically together so they shouldn't nice. be on all the time and they yeah. shouldn't be completely relaxed all the time they should just move with each of your movements so when you're doing your hit they need to be um, working still together but also then when you're they need to be able to lengthen and relax when you're sitting down and so Mm. I try and just educate them and hope that they come to that decision. Like, I would never say to a new mom, oh, don't go to your, am I allowed to say F45? Yeah. Or, you know, (laughs) as in, don't go to your F45 if you're on the verge of mentally just being so, I just need to go and do get out of my house and take it somewhere I can take my baby and I want to and I'll say go go to your F45 and I'll help them to modify it and just say just go and do like this 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 and this but if yeah. that's mentally going to really really help you I know exactly. I'm, I'm using an extreme an extreme um, hypothetical situation example yeah, here yeah. but if that's really going to help your mental health you've got to balance that out mm. and say okay you know, you really need this so that you can feel like yourself. I'm not going to tell anybody you can't do this because I think that's yeah, quite... Yeah, just suggest, um, yeah. ...has a, a negative um, Yeah, because then they'll be like, oh, now my physio has told me not to do that, yeah. not to do hit. And it's like, actually, yeah. I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you yeah. got from it. I never yeah. said that. I yeah. just said do less of it. Yeah, um, yeah if we, like, we've done the same, just more mm. suggest... I guess because we do exercise prescription, so um, yeah. we can say don't do it this amount of time but we yeah we would just suggest more variety Mm -hmm. and just a different kind of workout week and it's still super common now maybe it's less common I think Pilates is definitely becoming more popular now Mm -hmm. and like we've got like a shapes class that's Pilates inspired and that's um, super super popular Mm -hmm. so I think people are kind of starting to understand the holistic approach yeah and and not doing to. the same thing every day. Oh yeah, of not just thrashing their bodies every single day. Yeah, yeah, and, it, yeah, and it's that um, sort of misunderstanding too of uh, exercise is good, so more exercise mm-hmm. is better. Yeah, and and it's not is not as simple as that. And no. also, no magic pill. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. one type of exercise that's going to solve all of your problems. <laughs> you know, <laughs> really. Aww. I know, right? I know. I hate to break what? it to you all. Even Carlos is shocked. <laughs> uh, Neve, do a lot of the um, women who come to see you, is it mostly after having a baby? Um, I definitely see a lot of younger women in their 20s with those um, conditions or with um, endometriosis and help them um, manage some of the issues they might have around that. Sometimes it is very musculoskeletal in nature and they do just need to work with a good personal trainer or um, really interesting. I think that because they've been diagnosed with something at a young age, they become very aware of what's good for the body and I mm. feel like they're really insightful and so Ooh, they already know cool. what is mm. good for the body. So you, you, I'll notice that a lot of people with endometriosis have already realised that they, they might do like yoga one day and they've got um, 
like the breathing stuff and then they'll do their gym stuff as well but they've got a really good balance because mm. I think they've learned a lot about their bodies because they get a lot of tension and hypertonicity in their stomach mm. muscles mm. and so they often will get like cramping and, and pain mm. in their tummy um, and so that's one cohort and then I see a lot of yeah pregnant postnatal um, and there's two physios who work alongside me as well and then we would see everybody up to like the age of 80 but we do work alongside gynecologists as well mm. so we have a, a vast variety of people who would get referred to physiotherapy so mm. um, stress incontinence and um, uh, prolapse which is where you get um, your pelvic organ prolapse usually after birth Mm. Sometimes you can be fine after you have your babies and then things that might have happened after you had a baby don't become an issue until you become menopausal. And then that drop in estrogen what? causes like a scar to be painful. How exciting. I know. I'm just trying <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Hey, so that's I'm it's the one that's going to be you. 45. Yeah, I'm 41. <laughs> I've got all this to look forward to. Um, but oh. yeah, sometimes you, you, it can become a bit of an issue as you hit menopause because our muscles get a little bit, you know, you lose a little bit of your collagen and your pelvic floor gets more stiff. You can, um, you get more joint pain as you're dropping your estrogen. And it's so important to do your strength training. Like, yeah, I always, I talk, I like, we talked a little bit about this, but there's a lot of barriers to exercise for that mm. 45 to 55 year old woman. And, um, if they only like doing hit, then I have to, <laughs> I always encourage and say, go back and like do some strength training with somebody who knows what they're doing and just go and work with somebody and get your technique who knows how to coach you, but manage your pre-existing like sore knee and your sore ankle, yeah. you know, yeah, go yeah, and work yeah. with somebody who's experienced and try and almost getting people to prioritize themselves again. Because I, I think that we deprioritize ourselves and we get really busy in our mm. careers at that stage of our life. And we might have teenagers or busy children um, and a lot of time we're trying to juggle a lot of things. And I think I talk about investing in your health, but you know, like you, we need to invest in your health and we do need to spend a little bit more time doing the variety of things like injury prevention, doing your exercise, yeah, yeah. doing something for, you know, your anxiety might be a little bit worse because you're perimenopausal and so you have to manage those kind of things. You're probably a little bit more advanced in your career or you're back studying or, you know, those kind of things all have a, we juggle quite a lot at that mm. phase of our life. Mm. Um, and so I always talk about exercise because if you could package up all the things that exercise does, you girls might know how to do this. It is the magic pill because it is. Remember we did an episode on it? Yeah. The magic pill? Yeah, that one day we'll come up with the magic yeah. pill. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is the well, like exercise. That is, it is, it, it is, it is, it is. But like imagine if there was a pill, people, that yeah. person would be a trillionaire because people would be like, sweet, I don't have to exercise, I don't have to eat well, I'll just take this pill, you know? And what I find. The difficulty thing is that it's like we forget how I think that in the medical world, I think that we forget how it should be prescribed, you know, yeah. like it should be prescribed, but you might not prescribe. You might not prescribe a certain exercise to a certain patient, but you might say, oh, but you should go and do this kind of training because you're you need to do some strength training because you're going to have osteoporosis if you don't look after your bones and your you know, you might, but we, we don't do that. So mm. we, we actually In have to find world. that ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We yeah. have to, we have to know that there's a little gap in our whole society that, mm. 
we have to actually find that bit out ourselves. And I'm like, but that's it's free. When I say it's free, it's exercise. It's not a drug. You can do you can do it in any form, but you can learn from so many different aspects. So um, it's almost like it's not. There's so many other things have taken over. So everyone wants like the diagnosis, and you want the pills, and we want the the quick fix of this is going to. Um, but sometimes your basic prescribing exercise should be an actual, everything. yeah, yeah, can, mm. should be an actual prescription. Yeah. But then there's people like you in your profession who who will talk to your patients about that. So yeah. you're kind of trying to fill that gap a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then I guess not everyone is seeing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I suppose people, you know, you can see you'll see your musculoskeletal physio when you have um, injuries and get you back exercising, and then. Pelvic health is a really big barrier to exercise, though, you know, women who start leaking or if you have prolapse, it can stop you feeling confident to go and exercise. So, of course, um, because you don't want to be in a group fitness class and weak yourself. I know. You know, like that. that You would have one in three women will have got stress incontinence in general. So I'm, out of the three of us, one of us has got stress incontinence. Who is it? No, I'm going to... So, 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 so. Oh, looks like a I've worked, no, no. <laughs> I've worked on my pelvic floor. <laughs> but when I... So back when you... So um, we haven't seen this, but Neve used to do my classes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, oh. f- we figured out nine years ago. Um, but I used to ejax, you know, ejax, like oh, jump jacks. Yeah. yeah. I used to wee myself a little doing that. And then I thought, there's a problem here. And I would have spoken to Hannah about that, who you know, my oh, friend yeah. who's a physio as well. Oh. And so she gave me exercises at the time, yeah. all these years ago, of what to do. And now I don't pee myself oh. when I do ejects, would you believe? Yeah. Yeah. But I did. And I haven't had children. I always want to ask trainers, what is it about though that exercise <laughs> that makes anybody think that it's a good exercise yeah, for a woman so, to do? It's designed by men so for a men. Jumping, yeah, exactly. Well, so probably hit the nail on the jack, head there. Yeah, yeah. A jumping jack is one thing. But yeah. I'm I don't know if you'll think of the air jack oh, like where where you actually wide. jump out and you sh- and you shoot your arms oh. and your legs out as you jump. Oh, yeah. Of course that's gonna be hard on your pelvic floor, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't know why. I I didn't I didn't invent it. And I agree <laughs> it was probably invented by a man <laughs> that doesn't have issues about peeing himself. <laughs> I'm going to say it. the push-up was also invented by men. <laughs> Why, just because you're bitter about push-ups? Oh, God, I hate push-ups. Anyway, um, yes, the air jack and, um, yeah. There's not, other ways to not, warm up, isn't there? Or, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, Don't I, have to do air jacks yeah, or jump jacks. That's a, that's a specialised sort of movement for sure and not particularly helpful if you don't want to wet yourself. Yeah. But thank you very much for being so honest about that, Nash. Yeah. That's what this podcast is about. Yeah, so so you've come across people that yeah, haven't so had children and they have... That stress incontinence, have, yeah. yeah. We call, we're starting to internationally want to have a new term. So the stress incontinence, which is when you leak, if you cough, sneeze, jump... On yeah, a, so on a that was me when okay. I jumped. That was yeah, stress yeah, yeah. incontinence. Yeah. Urge incontinence is where you put the key in the door and every time you put the key in the door or every time you um, turn the tap on, you have this urgency in your bladder and you really need to go to the toilet. Or before you do one of your classes, people, you know, you might see people like two or three times go to the toilet. They get Just like an urgency. Nerves. Yeah, it's a little bit like you can be, have a nervous kind of, well, yeah, it's like a neurogenic bladder. But you... 
or you can have an overactive bladder where you feel like you need to go to the toilet all the time but when you go and empty you only empty like 50 100 like a and small I'm amount at her. no I do pee I, I, I do, do actually pee a lot because yeah. you probably drink a lot of water yeah. I do yeah. I actually do so if yeah. your volume is equal to the mm. bit that's coming out then that's fine mm. But then there's another kind of unconscious called athletic unconscious, but it's not quite because we're finding so many women leaking who yet have never had babies or elite, elite athletes or not people me. who are really fit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, excuse me. This is not an athlete. Athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, elite, not an elite, elite in your industry. Athlete, no. Mm. Elite fitness instructors. Is yeah. that what you would call yourself? No, I wouldn't call myself that <laughs> She's at all. far too humble, but I yes. will. No, yeah. no one says that. Uh, so the athletic, the athletic one. So tell yeah. us a little bit more about that. Mm. So... I would say stress incontinence in general or incontinence is the most multifactorial, um, tricky, but can be really easy, but very tricky to solve, um, tricky to treat. Because when you're leaking and say you haven't had a baby or you haven't had prolapse, um, we talk about that hypertonicity of your pelvic floor. So remember, your pelvic floor is, is like a hammock and it should move and support yeah. the bladder. And the bladder comes down where, and the, the urethra is the bit where the wee comes out. Okay. Yeah. That's a sphincter muscle, just like your anus is a sphincter muscle as well. If that pressure in your abdominal, um, intra-abdominal pressure is higher than the pressure at the urethra, this is very basic, by the way, and pl- yeah, I, yeah, that's this fine. Is, I'm challenging Disclaimer. myself already just saying this, um, it will, you will leak if one pressure is bigger than the other. When for some reason, there's some reason other than just your pelvic floor sometimes that that you can be leaking. So either you've just reached your threshold and, you know, you could be a 15-year-old who's a trampolinist and they leak a lot of trampolinists leak because your body's actually just not made to train for hours and hours and hours jumping on a trampoline. So... Mm. Wow, it's just your, it's just our anatomy, and you know your ligaments and your your ligaments and your um, all of your fascia, ligaments, muscles. There's just a certain amount of level that you have as take, a female yeah. that our bodies can take. Right? We've just got more gaps than a, a male's perineum. You know, like yeah. it's just different. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is like your hips. Are your hips really? I always just look at people's backs and your hips. What's your hip mobility like? And that's why I say when you're doing too much of one thing, like are they getting good range of movement in their hips? Have they got good function mm. of their hip rotators? Um, and if you're doing the same, just front squat, front mm. lunge, like mm. not doing any rotation work, then you're just putting that load on the same part all the time. Yeah. Um, and so that's why the variety is so important because you want people to have good range of movement in their hips and their lower back and they have good tone and good breathing patterning and good technique. And sometimes when you're just doing like hit, you know, or nobody's checking you or you don't have a good trainer or something, maybe you're just doing it um, not. Badly. Yes. Can I say that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that would be, so your, if your tone of your pelvic floor is on all the time and you're not um, relaxing it and then the pressure is higher in your abdomen. So how would you treat it then? So because um, you said it's hard to treat, right, for someone that hasn't had a prolapse or a baby to leak well you would just look at everything look at how they move look at how they're training I would like see what they're like in the gym or get videos of them Mm. um, see how they do their squat and their um, their deadlifts and 
and then work out, okay, is there something happening around their hips that we need to treat and then see how that goes. Teach them how to breathe differently or um, mess around with that. And then there is like devices that you can use while you're doing this. It's not like we say, stop doing your exercise. You you can use like pessaries or um, pessaries are like little silicone devices um, or incontinence devices that you can use to support them. A lot of CrossFitters would um, use them, I think, but um, because they tend to leak if they're doing such specific high intensity training. Um, But historically, people think it's CrossFitters that are leaking, but we're finding out actually it's everybody. It's not just CrossFitters. It's just that there's been research done on CrossFitters. Uh Yeah. 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 So a lot of people will are well, leaking. I was one of them. Yeah. Mm. Wasn't I? And good that you did your private... Oh, you just... Well, I just, remember, I just remember thinking, this is not good. I have eight kids. Yeah. This is not good. I'm already leaking. <laughs> yeah, so I did. Yeah. And I don't at all anymore. Yeah. Great. Would Nat, then, when she's had a baby, be more likely to experience that again? Yes, possibly. Back yep. to your exercises. Yep. <laughs> more, yeah. um, if you leak when you're I'll pregnant, you. you're so more. Yeah, see me. <laughs> um, there, like the good thing is that there's so much more that we can do that, like nowadays, and and also, I just wonder whether we all. It's, I'm not trying to like you know. I'm obviously always promoting people talking about these things, but I think the more you become aware of things in our society as well, then you think it. Then I think um, people are like, "Oh my god, I've got that thing!" You know, we want to like diagnose ourselves, ourselves and yeah, like yeah. you leaked once, like in like a year, <laughs> like you had one little dribble when you were laughing with your friends. Like it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you need to go and have surgery like that's fine you don't need you don't need to go get surgery okay yeah Yeah. so that's um, a good note to point out on here is if you've just lived once in the last year just because you had a really good laugh yeah Yeah. Yeah. it was worth it yeah and just know what your pelvic floor feels like you know can you can you squeeze your pelvic floor can you let it go are you doing it Um, now as you say it yeah same (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What does it feel like? Or um, you can put your finger inside. You can have a look in the mirror. Not doing that see. right now. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Neither. We might get some hands censored. above the table. <laughs> <laughs> like if we've changed our time slot to eleven a.m. on a Monday, eh? not when the kids are going to school. <laughs> I mean, it would be interesting for them. <laughs> so yeah, like know what your body is um, doing, and don't just ignore that part of your body because it's like yeah. the pelvis and the genitals. We we know we're so obsessed about our biceps and our <laughs> glutes and your calves and then you're like oh what about this bit through here okay well actually how does that function yeah. and what what's happening in that and um, getting people to ask their clients actually those questions like do you leak when you mm. exercise do you have um, painful sex like they're all just really important questions to ask and sometimes yeah. people will say oh nobody's ever asked me that before really yeah um, and you know your pelvis is a functional part of your body so they're just the questions yeah. that you, we would ask to rule out what's happening in there. How did you get into this? Why did you mm. decide to specialise in this as a physio? Um, I think after doing lots of um, women's sports teams and lots of musculoskeletal injuries for many years, um, after the earthquake, I just I kind of wanted to do more like education and work with pregnancy and postnatal. And then I got a job at the hospital as the women's health team leader. Um, and then I learned how to do 
um, women's health internal exams through that process and lots of courses back then there was hardly any courses and you have to go to Australia quite a lot but um, I that's where I learned how to do internal exams and really assess that because at university level we don't again we just ignore that part of our body <laughs> nobody learns how to talk about those muscles at university really? yeah we don't do that and even um even now, undergraduate, I don't think we do. It's more of a postgraduate um, wow. area. Yeah. So that was fascinating to me. And that's how I started um, um, doing education and also um, pregnancy and postpartum and talking about exercise and um, prevention. Yeah. So it's just kind of transgressed from there. <laughs> it's very cool. It, yeah. it, it seems like it's, um, you know, you're really passionate about your work yeah, and just yeah. normalising these conversations, which is so cool. Yeah, it's really important, isn't it, to try and reduce the shame about talking about these things because so many people are so embarrassed about talking about it, but it's just another part of our bodies that we should be able to talk about. Mm. Um, and I think... Um, it's very important to try and progress that and the whole sexual education and wellness and well-being for women as well. It's so important to um, enhance that whole area so that women can be just more confident and um, and to try and encourage them just to be living whatever their best lives is because yeah. it is such a barrier to and there's so much shame around that part of our body sometimes that it's important that you can say, well, you know, this is what you can do. If you want to go back to the gym, we can use a pessary. Or if you want to do this, you can um, work with somebody or work with a trainer for a little bit um, yeah. rather than just stopping. You know, like I think even young girls, you know, we stop exercising a lot. Um, I think 13, 14, 15, there's a huge when girls start yeah. getting their periods and start becoming more yeah. self aware and self conscious. Mm. They often drop out of team sports, mm. and there's a whole push, I think, for that balance mm. is better, you know, and mm. um, encouraging females to participate in exercise, but it doesn't have to be what we traditionally said was exercising, but it can be in mm. different forms. Yeah. Yeah, just because you're not going to be an elite sports person yeah. doesn't mean that you no longer Shouldn't get to participate in team sport yes. or just because you're not wanting to um, lose weight or change how you look doesn't mean that the gym is not an option mm. for you you know mm. like movement is so important yeah. for mental health for well-being for confidence and uh, you know so uh, yes it's very concerning that age group young mm. women mm. who who are dropping out of movement and then like we talked about it then when do you gain confidence to come back to it exactly it gets and sort of harder the barriers get bigger then and also um i don't know if you've been aware of or oh, that in ireland the Irish women's rugby team have changed, you know, their shorts because wearing white shorts was again yeah. a barrier to like right. girls. Wasn't it the same? Was it um, another sport? Football, tennis? I think. Yeah, football. Oh, was it I think. Football. Ah, yeah. well, tennis makes sense. They wear yeah like, white skirts, but yeah. but right. exactly yeah, they, that. Yeah. Like, God, who came up with that? Role. Like, think of like the traumatizing Strong. moments where you've leaked through your oh, clothes no. and you're wearing like you've you've had that with wearing white. It's like mm -hmm. traumatizing. It's like I'll just drop out of this sport then. Well, luckily you know, I was in my thirties when it happened. I know, but, but I mean, just <laughs> for, for, for women, white tights, and oh. I had the heaviest period in the entire world. <laughs> oh. And uh, I was teaching a class. Started, I think, wearing shorts. Yep, felt it running down my leg. It's all right. I've done a podcast on it. Oh, I'll let you know which no. one. <laughs> you can listen to it. Yeah. But I mean, like even. 
safe for a young girl to experience that while she's wearing the shorts, the white oh. shorts, she's oh. gonna want to pull out. Yeah. Yeah, you know or you're I mean? not, you're, like, or you're going. Even half of the girls would already have just been like, "Oh, I'm not no. playing that." In case yeah. that happens, wouldn't that be so embarrassing? Yeah, and without mine, yeah. probably even having it be a very conscious thought yeah. or a conversation, it would yeah. it would just be a very subconscious. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to risk that. Mm. I'm not going to risk it. What I will say though, what I've noticed, and this is, um, I've done zero research on this at all. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> so just this is just my point of view. Um, what I have noticed is more younger girls are coming into the gym to do strength. Oh, great. Yeah, and following yeah. Um, apps. Yeah. And honestly, it's the coolest thing mm. to um, notice. And mm. they're doing, like, really good movements, you mm. know, like like they're doing the basics like squats, lunges, mm-hmm. deadlifts, um, hip thrust, things that I think they would have, um, well, when I was younger, you wouldn't do in the fear of becoming bulky. Yeah. You know, because yeah. weights um, apparently yeah. back then, apparently they make you bulky, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they don't. And now there's all these, you know, cool apps yeah. that, are, that are out that aren't just body weight for women. Yeah. So I have, yeah, because I'm That's always really like, good. when I, there was Lucky. like this big group, this is an example, downstairs in the functional space. Like this is the functional space, right? Mm-hmm. And normally they would show, they would go into the women's gym, but this is like a, main gym kind of part of the building and there were like six of them and they were doing like a good program like it looked like it was good and I was keep trying to like look at where the phone wires that they're following and then I could see the app they were using because I'm always trying to see like how do you know what to do do, you know sometimes you remember what to do well yeah well they're just kind of like literally (laughs) following but um what's cool is that obviously the sometimes the technique isn't great but I think there's that's one good thing about the internet is there's a lot of good stuff mm. that you can find yeah. out to, to do. know how to do, you know, good technique. There's a lot of bad stuff on the internet as well, yeah. but this is one of the good things. Yeah. I've got some questions for you. Yeah, go for it. So for your, I don't know if you know a little bit about that research in, for menopausal women because in our 40s we start losing bone Density. density and yep. our muscle mass is just literally just like with low estrogen. Yeah. What is your thought about a strength training because when I've done my research and done some talks about it it's you know at least I just try and say start from where you are start resistance training now like that can be with the TheraBand and then try and just like baby steps and then try and get them either doing it at home if they're not gym people or trying to encourage them to just start some sort of resistance training but now there's that whole like intermittent fasting. I don't want to say that, or oh, reducing your window yeah. of um, for insulin resistance yeah. and not um, maybe not encouraging people to always eat before and say after exercise. And so in this phase of women, when you're trying to get them, um, they're menopausal and they're trying to manage that insulin resistance and often they're doing that window of like eating like they don't eat till like morning tea 12 but what if they train in the morning what do you guys think should they be eating protein or something after they've done a weight session or should they still not eat anything till their window my view on this is it's really dependent on the person yeah like if if they I mean, there's research, right? Like, there's a whole there's whole apps on this, like Dr. Stacey Sims. Yeah. I'm sure you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. she's really she's really big on having protein yeah. within 30 minutes after um, exercising. Yeah. And have and you know, like if you download her app, it's quite cool. You know, they'll mm-hmm. tell you um, what 
how many grams of carbs and protein and fats and stuff to have before and after, depending on what the exercise is. She, she obviously is an advocate of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I did research on this, and this is a few years ago, there was no real um, data that showed that you had to. Yeah. And I think it just really depends on the person. So, like, if they are really hungry afterwards, then, yeah, mm-hmm. eat. Yeah. If they're really exhausted or they find that... Um, like, it just really depends on how they're feeling. Like, just don't restrict yourself. Yeah. You know, just because you're in your, I, I don't know, intermittent fasting phase mm. um, and you've worked out in the morning but you're starving, don't yeah. wait until exactly. lunchtime yeah. or whatever time you're going to mm-hmm. eat. Just eat, you yeah, know? that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's kind of my view on it. And when I talk to clients, I kind of just cater that to each individual. Mm-hmm. I kind of just ask them questions, you know, like, um, are you, are you, how do you feel at that? time of the morning yeah. or you know yeah, yeah. that's really yeah good. what do you what do you oh, think yeah what do you what do you say I think I think it depends on the person yeah you know there's still a lot of research that needs to be done I think mm. on intermittent fasting um but it depends on the person and I think um to be mindful also that it's not just another form of restriction mm. yeah. you mm. know like because mm. because we've we've done that in lots of different ways over the years, yeah. you know, um, uh, lots of cardio and not eating very much that, you know, yeah. sort of, so I guess just to yeah. be mindful, it's not um, restriction and over-exercising packaged as something. Exactly. Something is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so right. But yeah, it depends, I think very much depends on the person. Like, mm. like everything we've sort of talked about today, you know, like for some people, mm. they need to do pelvic floor exercises and for others... It, that's going to be problematic, right? Mm-hmm. You have too much tone, and and then there are issues with that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's one size doesn't fit all. Fit all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the menopausal, definitely strength training is mm. really, really important. So it's yeah. good that you know tell them to do that. And strength training doesn't have to be with, with weights, like yeah. what you said with TheraBand. Like it, it, strength training is also just squats with your own body weight and you know yeah. push-ups and things like that so it doesn't have to be especially if you're going from not doing anything at all start with mm. um you know either light weights or um light body weight yeah, yeah. um and some of the re- some of the osteoporosis research in the uk that's coming out with the exercise physiologist i just read said um when they were doing these basic strength training with um, your your bone responds amazing. Like you can still, yeah. um, your bone responds to like change. So changing it up what you do. Oh, so cool. they, yeah. So they were saying, I mean, not changing every single day that you do, but, you know, yeah. so Just that's phases, why working with some, oh, sorry, once, you know, working with somebody, but then not just doing, right, this is my weight training. I'm. 53 and I do the same thing actually adding in rotation mm. changing the exercises that they do had a huge that's benefit so in the bone mass yeah yeah um, we are going to have to wrap it up that's what Carlos said <laughs> in our ears but I would love and I'm sure just does to have you back on mm. oh, and do you. like a part two or something mm. and yeah. if you'd if you'd want to sure. we haven't discussed this off off yeah but I think there's so yeah. much more we can talk about. Yeah. And what would be cool is um, uh, if you're listening and you have questions as well, we'll put an opportunity for you to ask questions. As long as it was okay with us. That's <laughs> why I was, yeah. I was yeah. thinking that and then I was like, maybe I should discuss this first. <laughs> That's yeah, fine. Because Absolutely I feel fine. like you, yeah. you've, especially because you're so passionate about this, I feel like there's so much 
our listeners can can learn from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for your time. Thank, thank you so, you so much. much for coming on. Oh, so good to have you. <laughs> well, um, follow us on Instagram at Babe Listen. I don't even know our name. That's good. And uh, listen out for part two because hopefully Neve will come back if she had a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>